welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the year. Today we have a very experienced speaker, coach and author who has a lot to tell us about leadership and personal development. Originally from beautiful Mauritius and based in Ottawa, Canada, our guest is Kin Tufi. Kin is author of two books, Become Your Best, Principles of Personal Management and Development and the second book is Putting People First, a personal approach to management and leadership. So we are ready to talk with Kin. Hello, Kin. Hello there. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to have you here, Kin. Kin, could you tell us more about yourself and your recent projects? Well, like you mentioned, I'm originally from the island of Mauritius. Uh, uh, I was an architect. A naval architect, uh, I designed ships, uh, I, uh, and I uh, started uh, in the public, in the private sector, uh, designing uh, mostly uh, tugs, ferries, and and lastly icebreakers, and uh, that was my my specialty at the end. I, I was working for a company called. Dome Petroleum in, in Calgary, mm-hmm. and we designed uh, lots of icebreakers and drilling ships to drill uh, and exp- uh, drill oil in the Arctic. So, and after that, I uh, went and worked for the uh, federal government of Canada, and uh, and very quickly, I reached the top of the technical field in in uh, in, in uh, marine safety. And then I, I left to join management and, and become an executive in the, in the public service of Canada. And uh, I worked for about nine different departments and, uh, and I specialized mostly in management and leadership. One of my last uh, uh, position was the director at the Canada School of Public Service in Canada. So that's, that gives you a little bit, uh, I'm now retired and I conduct mostly seminars on management and leadership, uh, mostly in uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Brunei, Mauritius, and of course, Canada. So that gives you a bit of what I do. Uh, like you mentioned, I've, I've uh, written two books and I'm now writing my third book, which I'm, uh, I'm, I'm entitling provisionally Relationships Matter. Relationship Matters. Yeah. So it's about, all, it's about inspirational relationship uh, between people, between couples, between uh, friends, and all kinds of relationships, basically. Oh, sounds very interesting. Yeah, I so saw you have a very long... Um long career in, in in the naval and as an engineer and then you became a, a manager but in which mm-hmm. 
point of your career you start uh, speaking in public? Well, it's about, uh, I would say, maybe 20 years ago uh, when I was in, in the public service and I was still in the technical field and uh, I basically reached the top of where I could go in the technical field and my, my boss told me then to that I need to move into the management field mm -hmm. and uh, one of the concerns he had was that he, he didn't feel I was uh, very confident in public speaking and making presentation and speeches and, and, and meetings so he, and he basically advised me to join Toastmasters International mm -hmm. and uh, so that was basically uh, where that started and, and if I can give you a little story, one of the reasons why was because he asked me to give a, a presentation to a Japanese delegation that was coming to, to, to visit our department. And, uh, and I said, I don't feel comfortable with it, you know. And so he basically told me, look, you don't have a choice in that. You have to be... <laughs> that presentation because you are the one who is responsible for the file <laughs> and it was about basically it's about ice breaking and <laughs> ice breaking technology in Canada and all that so I had to basically I remember rehearsing for about 50 to 60 times at home and uh, and on the day I was very very nervous but I managed to to give a fairly a fairly reasonable presentation, but most importantly, when the question and answer at the end, there was lots of questions from this, mm -hmm. this delegation, and uh, I managed to answer most of them very well. And that gave me a lot of confidence after that. And, uh, and then I, I decided, I said, Yo, I need to join Toastmasters. And, uh, and then things got a bit more smooth after that, you know. The, the, Toastmasters basically gave me the confidence in my public speaking and, and, and in many other aspects of my life. Because once you face your biggest fear, and public speaking for me was my biggest fear, mm -hmm. and if you overcome it, it opens lots of doors for you. And it did for me, you know. Sure, that's very peculiar, your case, that before doing your Toastmasters icebreaker, you were working in, on real icebreakers on <laughs> for your real work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a stage right moment, please? Well, there's so many that uh, I would say my first first experience with with public speaking was really at the university. I was studying. Naval architecture, like, like I told you, uh, at Glasgow University in Scotland. And for the last year before the graduation, I had to present my project to my professor, to my lecturers, to my fellow students, and to other engineers in, in the, at the university. And I basically froze in front of the audience for a few minutes. And then when I started to speak, my, my voice was trembling, my, my legs were trembling, and, and it was the most 
sort of, how do you call it, anxious moment uh, I could have had because I felt so self-conscious in front of the public, mm-hmm. especially because I think because of my professor was there, my lecturers were there, and I said to myself, but these people know a lot more than I do. What can I tell them that they don't know? You know, so there was a lot of negative thinking, and plus mm-hmm. I was totally self-conscious, so all my energies was fighting my fright, my stage fright, and nothing, not very much was concentrating on the content of my projects, which I knew very well, but I couldn't really present it very well. So that was the first one. And I'll give you a second one. The mm-hmm. second one was at my wedding. Mm-hmm. And basically, up to this day, I told my I told my wife, I don't remember a single thing I said at my <laughs> wedding because I was so self-conscious. And she, she told me, look, it's, it's, it's not very important, but it wasn't very good. So that's all she told me. She just, just, your speech was, was really, really not good at all. So it says, you have to, you know, so I knew I, I was not a good public speaker. And, and that was not something new to me. I, I just, because, you know, you know when, when you're good at something and you know when you're not very good at something. And, and basically, these were all example of my my stage fright and a fear of public speaking basically kin today you are going to tell us your story how you became a manager from your engineer background could you tell us what was the hardest part of this story well I think the hardest part was I couldn't succeed for my competitions because you had to compete for the jobs to become mm-hmm. an executive in the public service. And every time I competed, and you have to go through interviews and tests and everything, I would basically be told that I was doing all, uh, I'm doing okay, but basically other people are better than me in communication, in their leadership skills, in the confidence level. And uh, that was the main reason why I didn't get the job. And I, I did it for, I don't know, maybe 25, 20, 25 competitions. Mm-hmm. And it gets very frustrating to hear the same feedback all the time. And at that time, I was already starting with Toastmasters. And I felt I was progressing. But still, I wasn't getting the results. But I persisted and, and finally... I, I got I got through, you know, but so it was the biggest challenge was basic communication and, and, and really oral communication because on the test, on the written test and all that, I was doing very well. But it's on the so interview, the oral interview, it's very subjective mm-hmm. and there's no, you know, there's no, how do you call it? You can't compare really. You have to accept the feedback from the people that was interviewing you. And, and so for me, that was the most difficult part that uh, I felt that I was doing okay. And, and the, probably the first few times I was not as good, I'll, I'll admit that, 
But when I joined Toastmasters and was getting better and more confident in my interviews, I felt I was doing very well there too. And even then, I had difficulty getting through. But like I said, you know, you have to persist. And I persisted and I competed and competed. And finally, after 20 to 25 interviews, I got through. Oh, that's a really great lesson of persistence. Yes, 20 to 25 is, is quite a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. Many people could have really just given up. Yes, and... well, definitely. I mean, I was nearly at that point too, to, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. But luckily for me, I had a lot of uh, mentors, a lot of good bosses that, you know, keep encouraging me and, and keep uh, asking me to to continue and, and encouraging me and coaching me. So I was, I guess, in that way, very lucky to, to be surrounded by the positive people, mm -hmm. the right people who supported me. Yeah, the good leaders, yes. Would you say that among the skills that make a manager, such as delegation, time management, what would be the most important skill? Well, I think I would say communication skills is still the, the most important. You know, people skills, but within the people skills, communication skills probably is at the top of my list. I guess because I had so much difficulty in my own experience with communication skills that I put it right at the top. And, and when I coach people now, when I do seminars, I focus a lot on communication skills. Because, you know, I, I, I challenge anybody to tell me, give me an example of a good leader mm -hmm. who has very poor communication skills. There's none. <laughs> they are all great communicators. So basically, to me, that I, I put a lot of emphasis on that, maybe because I'm biased, because that was my experience. That was my biggest challenge myself. But I think I agree with you. There's always a correlation between the leadership and, and good speaking skills. Now that you mentioned the, the examples, could you tell us some examples from history? Can be something recent from the last years of person who succeeded this transition to become renowned managers? Well, I can give you a couple of examples of my own experience. I've coached a couple of uh, quite a lot of people, and some of my my people that I've coached uh, became fairly good managers from being fairly shy. Uh, and and uh, a bit, uh, how do you say, uh, reserved. But by joining Toastmasters, uh, they, they, they flourish. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just to give an example, my son, uh, for a long time, I've told him to join Toastmasters, but he, he, he would not uh, follow my advice. Mm -hmm. But when his boss told him to join Toastmasters, that you know that will help him in his position because he's uh, in the IT business, but is he's in the sales section of IT business, and, and and so when his boss told him that in his performance evaluation he did join Toastmasters and and hasn't looked back ever since. You know he, he's flourished now. You know he's doing very well in, in, in his uh, in his in his company. He, he, he's joined the president clubs for the last three years, and uh, he, he now 
recognize that Toastmasters and communication skills is very, very important for his uh, career. You know? So he, he came back to thank me. He says, um, I, I, I should have listened to you earlier, Dad, but it, it wasn't me that, that finally influenced him to join. It was his boss because you know, he, he, he had more, I, I guess, influence on his career. And when he told him that uh, the feedback, he told him that you know, his communication skills need to be improved for him to go ahead. And he listened, and, and it made a huge difference in his career. <laughs> Do you talk with his boss? No, I never, <laughs> I never did. Uh, but uh, and I don't think my 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 son would would, would like that, you know. So <laughs> stay away from. from okay, that. well, just a coincidence. It's a good coincidence. Kin, from your experience coaching professionals around the world, can you tell us if this transition? from engineer to manager is easier for women or for men? Well, that would be very difficult for me to, to, to say, to be honest with you. Uh, basically because I think it's mostly based on the individual rather mm -hmm. than gender. But from my experience in Asia, in Singapore and, and, and in Malaysia, where there is also a cultural component in it, mm. I would say that there the, the women have more difficulty in, in making the transition. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Because in Asian tradition, the women tend to respect men, more, especially elderly men mm. that are older than them or have more experience than them, they find it very difficult to give them instructions, mm -hmm. to give them orders, if you want, to give them work. To, to, if somebody's older than them, they, they find it kind of disrespectful to, to sort of give them commands and give them instruction. And it's, it's, so they tend to be a lot more uh, friendly, a lot more respectful, and they will find it very difficult to reprimand somebody who is much older than them and who has more experience in the company than them. You know? So the, the men manage it better, but, but this is just an observation, and I think it's more cultural than gender-related. Okay, thank you for this uh, piece of information. It's very important because you have this uh, intercontinental experience doing coaching. Uh, Kin, what felt is your life mission now that you became manager? I, I, don't, I don't quite understand what you're trying to get there, the, uh, Oscar. The question is, when you became a manager, what became your life mission? Your, your... Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say I felt that I needed to coach and mentor my direct reports mm -hmm. more than anything else. I feel that if I do that, they will get better and the results and the performance would get better. So I concentrate my, my mission, or if you want to call it this, this, mm -hmm. this mission, if you want to, would be to, to 
make them become their best, to show them their full potential, the potential to encourage them, to coach them, and to mentor them. And uh, for me, it has been very successful because there's lots of my direct report employees, staff, who has come to thank me after they got promotion mm -hmm. and, and, and gone higher up and, and did different things. Because they always felt that I wanted the best for them. And I think that's a, a great sign of a leader who, who want to leave a, a positive legacy in the workplace. Sure, that's an excellent piece of advice. Kin, could you share with us your favorite quotation? Well, I have many, but uh, I think <laughs> the one I, I remember, because it's very short, is from Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. And uh, what he said was, education is the most powerful tool we can use to change the world. And I believe that, and, and I, I think that is something that can make a huge difference to anybody, regardless what their circumstances is. If they have the opportunity to get a good education, they can change their life and they can change the world. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Kin, you have written two books and now we're going to write a third book. I'm sure you have read many, many books. Could you recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring for you? Well, again, there are many, many books. In my, in my two books I've written, I have at least 50 books in the biography that I recommend for people to... But the one... one of the, the many that have influenced me a lot is the seven habits of the most successful or most effective people by Stephen Covey. That would be a book that I will recommend to anybody who is aspiring to become a manager, a leader, to, to, to start uh, with that book because they've got seven good habits there that you need to have that will guide you not only as a manager and a leader but for the rest of your life if, if you were to implement it in your life great that book is already a, a classic for management uh, Kin, we are almost at the end of this interview but before that we are going to hear with you the routine to shine could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Well, again, uh, this is, uh, there's, there's lots of them, uh, but on a daily basis, I would, I would maybe want to share with you something that I've learned fairly recently myself. Mm -hmm. I learned it uh, last February in Cape Town when I was... Uh, Mm -hmm. visiting my nephew there, I went to a workshop and I, went, I learned the, the traditional healing process or technique or teaching of 
Oponopono. Have you ever heard of Oponopono? I think I read an article you wrote. It's something from okay. Hawaii. That's right. <laughs> so it's 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 written H O apostrophe O P O N O P O N O. So it's a very exotic name, if you want, mm -hmm. Oponopono. But it's a very simple, simple process. It basically consists of four very simple and short phrases. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. That's all the four sentences you repeat to yourself over and over again to basically heal yourself. Mm -hmm. Because basically we've all been very negligent of ourselves. We've all taken ourselves for granted. We've neglected ourselves. So these four words basically heal you and make you whole. And it's, it's amazing. I've done it for a year now, mm -hmm. how different it has made me in terms of more serene, more humble, more compassionate, more caring, more attentive to others. So it's something I recommend to everybody. And, and if you If you want to, to learn more about it, read the book Zero Limit by Joe Vitale. You know, it's, it's amazing what this very simple healing teaching from, uh, from Hawaiian culture, how powerful it is. And, and you basically, it's, you have to experience it yourself You have to, to do it and, and uh, you know, some people takes, it takes a long time to, 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 to find, to, to feel the difference. Some people find it very quickly. It all depends on your belief. It all depends on your life. It all depends on basically what happened to you and how well balanced your life is and all that. But definitely it will make a huge difference in your life if you use it and, and just basically say to yourself, whenever you have time, whenever you remember, I basically just use it as a mantra everywhere I go. Nobody needs to know what I'm doing. It's in my head. Sure. Okay, so anyway, that would be my, my, my set exercise and, and something that you can do daily with very, very good benefits. Thank you. It sounds really very powerful. I will write the, the exact way to, to say this exercise. I'll write it on the show notes so everybody can have a, a look and find more information. Also read the Joe Vitale's book. Mm -hmm. And Keen, this is the end of the interview. Thank you very much. But finally, could you tell us how our listeners can learn more about you, follow you? What is the best way? Well, I think if they, they can read my blogs would be the best way to, to follow me. It's, uh, it will be www.kintufi, which is K-I-N-T 
T-U-E-F-E-E dot WordPress dot com. So I, I write a lot about my books, about, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Oponopono. I've written lots of, I think, very worthwhile posting that people can benefit from. Excellent, Keen. It was very nice to talk with you and wish you all the best. Well, thank you, uh, Oscar, for the opportunity. Uh, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to have this podcast with me and wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com Welcome to listen to us again next week.